Hello, everyone, and welcome to a less energetic episode of the VGU.TV Weekend News Podcast with your host, or with your, well, one man down. I'm Alamir, your host. This is episode eight, by the way. Realize I haven't been saying the, the number of each episode. I'm joined by Josh Miller. Yeah, this could be an interesting episode, Liz, so let's see what we can make of it. Yeah, I mean, Graydon would have been here, but he's, I think he's working. Yeah, I think he said he had a double shift today. Yeah, so let's quickly run down the upcoming releases for the week of July 3rd. Which, man, I can't believe July is almost here. I know, it's insane. (laughs) I mean, it's good, like in less less than four months. Uh... Cyberpunk's out. Cannot wait. I know. I've never really spent any time in a CD Projekt Red game. And this might be the first one I jump deep into. Because it looks real good. Yeah, I think I made a mistake by pre-ordering it on Steam. Considering how beautiful their games look. And how Witcher 3 is still arguably the best-looking game on the Xbox. Or, not Xbox. Every system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem to, like, no matter what the limitations are on a system, always seem to put, like, the best effort into their games. I mean, the fact that Witcher 3 runs on the Switch and does so in a pretty... I mean, there are problems from what I hear, but the fact that it's Witcher 3 on a portable system is pretty damn amazing yeah i mean i had to use a cheat to keep things like leveled correctly (laughs) and i think that cheat is gone now because of the update like the updates that came once the switch version came out so so we've only got three releases this week marvel's iron man vr only on PSVR. Hunting Simulator 2. And Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 on Switch. Which that is one I reviewed for the PlayStation 4. And anyone who wants to read it can go check out the site. Yeah, check out VGU.TV or GamersItch.com. Yeah. <laughs> only cost $12 to get that domain. Nice. Should I get Ground Punch as well? I mean, Graydon would be pretty thrilled about that. Does any of the stuff from their site carry over? No, it's just... Or does it get wiped? Oh, that... Once a site... Like, once the domain is... Like, once it expires, everything from the site pre-existing is gone. Ah. So... uh, On to the news. I'm not going to do the sing-song version because we can't I cannot reach the ze- like the zenith that Emmett hit last week so first story details on Rocksteady and Warner Brothers Montreal games which yes I'm happy that Rocksteady is working on something DC or comic book related. 
but at the same time, it's not what I wanted. What was it you were wanting? I uh, I wanted a Justice League game. Yeah, there's been so many rumors about what Rockstar's been doing in different DC properties, so... I mean, I'm not going to complain about Suicide Squad game, since I know them more than just what the movie was, which I think is the reason most people seem kind of turned down by this news. But if the uh, registered site, or what is it that... Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Yeah. It's possible that at least the Justice League will appear in there. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they'll be doing this Hitman style. But on a, like, totally over the top. That would be kind of cool, yeah. After the Arkham uh, trilogy that they did, they've got to, they can't just do the same, like, whole gritty comic book game thing. And also I miss I miss the over the topness of the Batman games. So oh and the other game or the other domains include Suicide Squad Game dot com and Gotham Knights Game dot com. And Gotham Knights being the WB Montreal game. Yeah. Which, how do you think that's going to play out? What do you expect Gotham Knights to possibly be? Well, it's it's not going to happen because it'd just be... It, I don't think it'd be a good good plan, like an execution. a Like an anthology series, like sort of like a Batman Inc. Mm-hmm. Different, or uh, the different. I, I want to say, was there a Batman like mini series where there was like different Batman archetypes through history? Because I'm I'm remembering Night and Squire. Uh, I know they part of Batman Inc. I think they were part of Batman Inc. There was one where. Uh, God, what was that? It was, it was the one where Darkseid sends him back in time after Final Crisis, and he jumps through time periods. Oh, Batman until he gets the, back. Return of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, it's like a cowboy, and then <laughs> caveman. It goes back to the end of time and all that jazz. Yeah, I mean, the, both like these these games are gonna be revealed. Uh, in August, so. But when it comes to Gotham Knights, it's apparently going to be a Court of Owls related, based off all the hints. Which is dope. I love the Court of Owls story. Yeah, Talon is one of my favorite characters from the New 52 era mm-hmm. All, even though that new new 52 is basically done <laughs> yeah so and and when it comes to the suicide squad the suicide squad game 
it's further off. So, and oh, and both projects are being developed for next gen consoles. So, hopefully, this is, this doesn't turn into another Arkham Knight. If it is, I'm still going to play it. I just, I want these games to be announced. I want them to be released. It's insane that Rocksteady put out one game this gen. (laughs) Two, I guess, if you count Batman VR, but. Well, what about the Arkham, like Return to Arkham games? Was that developed by them? Good question. I wasn't sure if they had like an outside studio put those together. Even if it's still technically stuff they made, so yeah. So uh, Crash Bandicoot Four, after we talked about it last week, finally got revealed. I think we just start need to start dropping random rumors that we make up, just in hopes that they get revealed the following week, because that seems to be the case every time we have. There's usually one story that <laughs> gets revealed the following week. Resident Evil, Crash Four. Mm-hmm. So do you want to take this one? Sure, I can do that. So after many, many years, um, Toys for Bob is now going to be the developer of the next Crash game, Crash 4. Well, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, in which um, Neo Cortex and the crew basically find a way to escape their planet that they got stuck on at the end of 3. Um, all the other games that came after uh, Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped is being ignored. This is the true, much like Sonic the Hedgehog 4, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, Wait, so this, does this mean that... Um, oh, uh, look, continue with the story, I'm going to look up... Like I did, I remember doing a retro review on my blog for this, or for <laughs> one of the games. Yeah, so basically for them to escape at the end of 3, they open up a hole through time that ends up causing Crash and everyone to start bouncing through time. They get new masks, uh, new characters. They have announced you will play as Neo Cortex at one point. They have a modern mode and I think a retro mode as well. Um, retro, you play just like the old you know, 3 games, the more modern take allows for um, kind of more infinite lives to where you don't restart the level completely over when you die um, or get your game over technically. And then they have like an additional crystal component to the modern if you complete levels as well. So does Wrath Wrath of Cortex still canon? Oh, I think so. Oh, I think God. Wrath of Cortex was two, if I remember right. My son has been playing the trilogy remaster, and it's been yeah, it's Crash Three. Is it three? Yeah, man, two thousand nine. Alan helping future Alan. Crazy. Oh wait, no, Wrath of Cortex. According to Wikipedia, it says the game is the fourth main installment. So apparently oh, this man. one is not being... This is not canon. Oh, yeah, because I just noticed that the picture I used is the is basically the box art for the GameCube version. 
Well, I was wrong about that. No, oh, well. Cortex Strikes Back. That was number two. And then Warped was three. So. So okay. I guess if people want more Crash Bandicoot, they will get some later this year. So. I'm still comprehending this next story about Ready at Dawn being acquired by Facebook. Yeah, so Facebook actually had, I guess you can consider two big things the news this week. Um, the first was Mixer basically shutting down and surprising all of the creators there. And they are moving to Facebook games, which... I don't know how many people actually stream on Facebook, and it seems a lot of people are quite upset by that move, especially with how sudden it was. Um, but then it seems they quickly turned around and got additional news with Ready at Dawn becoming a part of Facebook games. So, Does Facebook have any other, like, because, yes, there's Facebook games like those, like those crappy like no effort put into them games. I want to say they were trying to start something up, but that was, I feel like that was years ago and I don't remember anything really coming from it. Yeah. Cause I remember uh double helix being like when they got bought by Amazon and they, and if you like a little while later, they got shut down. I don't <laughs> want the, I don't want this to happen already. at dawn. I like, yeah. Ready done. Yeah, I was really hoping they were going to get another shot at something big like the Order 1886, preferably a sequel, but I guess that is off the table now. So I hope they do something great at Facebook because they're very talented and they deserve all the success. Now, speaking of something that is that people are not hoping gets a successful launch, Talk about let's talk about Pokemon Unite. I almost don't even want to. Like this was such a disappointing reveal, Alan. Like I think everyone wanted Let's Go Johto. Everybody wanted Let's Go Johto. Like considering how much people were hesitant about Let's Go in the first place, I think it surprised a lot of people. And so when they were teasing not this past week, but the week wait, no, what Yeah, it was a lot the week prior. Yeah. So when they're teasing something bigger this week, you know, everyone was expecting Pokemon Johto. And instead we get Pokemon Unite, this MOBA game that nobody was asking for. Yeah, I mean, I've only played one MOBA in my entire life, and that was that one game of Dota. No, Dota 2. That prime me and prime uh did like a stream on and even then i was very confused and i think i died very quickly like i've never played a moba and looking at this i have zero urge to do it and the only game i can even vaguely think about that i've wanted to try was a infinite crisis dc moba Oh yeah, and I really should wow. give it a try just because I'm a huge DC guy. But I'm pretty sure that uh, went under. Oh, did it? Crap. <laughs> yeah. But 
It's Pokemon, Pokemon United is free to start. So it's coming to Switch, iOS, and Android. Hooray. I mean, you know, well, yeah, I can't. There's no way. There's no good way to defend this or no. defend this whole thing. I mean, if people want to get into MOBAs, I imagine this will be a great way to, you know, dip your toes in and see if that's kind of your genre you want to get into. But, you know, I think everyone was pretty disappointed that this was the reveal. You know, I don't see why they just didn't factor this into, you know, the previous presents. I don't really think this deserved its own special thing. So moving on to our next story. And this one actually has me very excited. Uh, We're getting some more, like we're getting more synergy in the Halo series. Uh, For Halo Infinite, the Banished have been confirmed. Okay, for someone who is not a Halo guy, what is the Banished? Okay, so... In Halo, like in in Halo One, the main enemies were the Flood and the the uh, covenant, the Covenant. See, those two sound familiar. And I'm um, for like I I don't remember for life of me the name of the species that like the if I if if I showed you a picture you you like the the arbiter for example oh okay yeah that species the banished are basically uh the brutes from halo that started that like showed up they showed up in halo 2 and kind of had a lackluster like people like they people did not like them and not because of a villain like they were good villains they were actually like they're just they're just broken and there was a video like a video teaser or that just said the hour approaches forces occupy the ring within hours it will be under our control Humanity will burn. The brazen defiance will be all will be all but a memory. No more prophets, no more lies. We stand together, brothers to the end. We are his will. We are his legacy. We are the banished. So it, it, the prophets were the well that's just that there were these guys that were in like the baby Yoda. Uh, like floating things, and the brutes were they replaced the elite as like the main, like the main antagonist, like the main enemy. The Banished appeared in Halo Wars 2. So. 
Does this get you excited for Halo Infinite? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> after Halo 5, I don't know. But if they if there is footage that that is shown next month of a gravity hammer being used, I'm in. Because I don't know if you played Halo 3. I've played three in ODST, but I remember almost nothing about those games. Okay, so the Gravity Hammer was simply, as the name implies, a hammer that didn't really conform to the to the norm of gravity. So you would hit someone, and they would just go flying. Hmm. It was fun in the single player campaign. It was double fun in multiplayer. And I don't remember seeing them in four or five. So, I mean, I'm excited that at the prospect of Gravity Hammers coming coming back. <laughs> but I'm more excited for that than I am of Halo Infinite at this point. And, yep. This next one. Speaking of banished. <laughs> yeah, someone got, well, more canceled. Yeah, there's been a lot going on this week in terms of. So, Ashraf Ismail, game director of Assassin's Creed 4, uh, Black Flag, AC Origins, and the upcoming Valhalla, has stepped down from his position at Ubisoft following allegations about his personal life. And this is part of the mass speaking like Me Too style. Or basically the Me Too movement that's happening in virtually every corner of entertainment. Yeah, one wave had already went through, and this seems to be the next wave that's hit this past week or two. And you know what? I mean, if these people are out there still, you know, using that leadership and power in the industry to take advantage of others and manipulate the people beneath them to, you know, that affects their work, affects them mentally to do things that no person should have to do to get further or noticed in this hell at all. (laughs) Like, yeah. So this is, this is not like that. This happened with the, like the development side of the video game industry. Like this happened to Chris Avalon, which I didn't know about until today. Like I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. And Chris Avalon is like prior to this whole thing, like like allegations of sexual harassment, and like the 
uh, Techland or Deep Silver. Uh, the developers of Dying Light, Techland, like I said, and the Waylanders. They pulled, they stopped, they like, they cut ties. Uh, Paradox cut ties. They, who are working on, uh, who is, who are, they're currently working on uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. So, it's a real shame because the guy, the guy wrote some of the, like, he wrote Fall of New Vegas. Kotor 2. Hell, even he even went back to Brian Fargo and wrote and wrote uh, Wasteland 2, or worked on Wasteland 2. Mm. And my, like my heart, I could, I don't know, like a, I'm, I can sort of, I can say, I can feel like, I, like equal, or I'm, I'm feeling an equal amount towards Ismail because Black Flag and Origins are very good games. And this not only happened to these two, but Insomniac. So I just hope that Something. I just hope that something good comes out of all, all this. Some like, what was it you said? In what the part? Uh, in the chat. Oh god, I don't remember. <laughs> or the, do you at least remember Graydon's response? Uh, something yeah. about a straight white male. Yeah, like, you know, it sucks that. It's, a lot of these top talents are being outed in this way. And what could potentially still come out from them may never see a lot of day, but at the same sense, like don't do the shit and you, you know, it wouldn't be a problem. And, you know, hopefully with you leaving, someone else can step in their place and prove that they can do it. Hopefully it's someone who's not a straight white male. You know, part of the problem is is that there's not enough women in positions of leadership in this industry. There's not enough people of color. There's not enough, you know, LGBTQ people in leadership positions. There are so many people being held down by mostly straight white males. And a lot of them have used that power to abuse others. And that's absolutely not necessary and they can you know let the door hit them where the good lord split them just get the hell out they're not needed here and it's amazing how many just seems to come out on a daily basis yeah and in the facebook chat Graydon just said as a straight white male i he just said something like i don't recall like the exact words like the wording of the whole thing it was just it was some funny stuff. Mm. Like it, it was it was him like 
rewording the whole like the whole thing like as a straight white male can i please have a job or, yeah or, when i put I that in the like, chat i said like <laughs> yeah i kind of meant to say that someone i forget i forget how i put it in the chat i think i made it to where it was like no no more straight white males but <laughs> yeah it was meant as a you know let's try and get some some more other than yeah some more fresh faces of yeah cultures and backgrounds because clearly <laughs> there's a problem has been for a long time and speaking of problems avengers <laughs> war table was shown i'm not i'm not referring to the game as the problem i'm referring to casey lynch yeah <laughs> who who man that was me and them were talking about this on players club and he mentioned yeah poor timing really like, really did <laughs> yeah like if they like and i was like wait why and i can i completely forgotten who casey lynch was and his connection to ign mm-hmm. and everything going down there <laughs> yeah so uh, the Avengers War Table stream happened, and what what did you think of what was shown? I think it did a better job of selling the game that they have previously. It still has it sold me completely, but at least it, it gives me a better idea of what to expect with that game. The problem being is that. A lot of the game seems similar to what I might expect with like a Destiny type experience. And as someone who played Destiny mostly single player, I'm not sure how much I'll enjoy this Avengers game single player, considering how much content seems pushed for multiplayer. So I have a bunch of notes or that that I just jotted down on my on my phone. So, the future post A Day, which was the trailer shown at E3 last year, is very Orwellian. The uh, Inhumans are looked at upon as freaks and are being rounded up and captured. Or, yeah. Uh, Modok is introduced as a new face for Avengers fans. And Josh, if, you, if for people, and the reason they they chose Modok is he's not relevant among like the non comic book fans. So can you can you explain who Modok is? <laughs> okay, so Modok, if you have seen Modok, he has been in quite a few. Th- things but he's never been seen as a more central bad guy um you will probably recognize him as the giant floating head that that is not hector hammond is not hector hammond he flies around in a chair he i'm trying to think of what his actual what what the whole thing stands for yeah it's like oh it's actually mobile organism Designed for killing or something like that. Designed only for killing. Only for killing, yeah. And I haven't read a ton of stuff with Modog, but he's always seemed pretty campy enough to enjoy. Yeah, he's one of the Stan and Jack 
Stanley Jack Kirby creations from the 60s during like the, the renaissance of Marvel Comics. And isn't he considered like one of the more intelligent people on the planet? Yeah, he's he um he's a he worked for AIM prior to becoming his future state. Or he actually tried, he became, he, his features became what they were because he tried to increase his intelligence even further. And in the, in the trailer, we see Kamala Khan talking to Tarleton, who's, that's uh, Modoc's, uh, Alter ego, you say? Which I gotta say, I love the focus on Kamala Khan in this game. Yeah, and she's the she's basically the conduit for the player to kind of like get the band back together. And so uh, single player campaign features hero missions, which are supposed to fill in the, in the dots when it comes to what happened from a day to the current day. Um, some of the enemies that are going to be you're going to be fighting are. Adaptoids, which are created by AIM and controlled mentally by MODOK. Uh, I wrote Thor's flying looks like DCU online and not a good way. <laughs> like him when he's holding the hammer and he's doing the Superman flight into the uh, bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about the gameplay of Thor that I just couldn't get behind. And well, oh, go ahead. I mean, remember uh, the the very totally not copying Green Lantern's uh, Rise of the Manhunters mm-hmm. game <laughs> that came out for uh, last gen. Yeah, I mean, I have it in my room. It's uh, in here. It's, it's here somewhere. Yeah, I think I rented that from GameFly and played the first two levels before sending it back. Uh, the Avengers are the bad guys in the eyes of the public. I gotta say, that is one story beat I really wish I could see go away. (laughs) I feel like that's often a story plot in most if not games and just oh, are the good guys really needed? Look, every, every time they're around, something bad happens. Maybe we don't need them around anymore. Type of... Yeah, I remember uh, the J- the JLA Avengers comic, mm-hmm. where the like the these DC characters go to certain D- like they sw- switch uh, universes. The Marvel characters notice how clean everything is, 
and uh, Barry Allen, or I think it was Wally at the time. They're look, they're um, or he's he's looking at a mutant get chased by chased down by a mob. And it's just something that's seemingly gone away with the times and the MCU, like the success of that. Because like the way the MCU is and the DC cinematic universe is, it should be the other way around Mm -hmm. based on how everything has been for the good times. So, uh, the helicarrier that was shown off in the reveal, the gameplay reveal last year, uh, the Chimera is the home hub for the game, akin to Destiny's Tower. But you can upgrade it. Yeah. Which was actually a selling point for me. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, upgrade trees are. I just noticed noticed this one like when they like I paused it at a certain time. There's just like a really little like minor detail. The upgrade trees are primary, specialty, and mastery. Uh, abomination shown against Hulk, giving the notion that Modok is not the main villain. Or at least I hope that was that was the abomination. And I could have swore that was it was that uh purplish robot was that all was that Ultron? Um I have to go back and look. I I was watching the thing in bits and pieces as I was trying to get my kids ready <laughs> to go pick up my wife. So I was just kind of missing too much of it to know for sure. Uh, according to Crystal Dynamics and Marvel, there will be many different ways to play the game. Uh, I just typed cosmetics. Uh, gear will differentiate gameplay. Certain outfits will be on can be unlocked inside missions. Through certain mini games, and others will be available in the store. Purchase, which I don't like at all. No, I mean it sucks because I'm a sucker for that stuff too. Like I love getting all the alternate costumes in games like that. But to know that some are going to be locked behind a paywall, I'm just not interested. We don't know if it's going to be a paywall. We don't know if it's going to be like something you can redeem. Oh, like more of an in-game store? Yeah. Uh, I hope it's that. (laughs) This next one is one I'm really hoping for. Or is one I'm really jazzed about. Co-op is optional. Or the need for multiplayer is optional. So like War Zones, which is the 
multiplayer, the main multiplayer mode, you can have either a team made up of friends or the AI team you've built up in the main camp campaign. And the thing that they really stressed was single player campaign gets you accustomed to using the characters. And like art, so like you, you can have a better experience playing the multiplayer. Uh, I don't know. I have no reference, like no ref like no like memory of this, but just, I just typed in Hulkbuster. Yeah, the Hulkbuster made appearance in that. Uh, you can do missions for Dum Dum Dogan, Nick Fury Jr., and more. Or, I mean, technically he's just Nick Fury, but on Nick Fury, Nick Fury Classic is on the moon. And the last note I made, or the, and this is what they sort of like closed out thing with: new future content will be free, will be free, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's a great way to go about doing things. So the next story is about QuakeCon. Uh. This August, going digital. Which I'm not sure I like because I mean, considering it's Texas and it's kind of a hotbed for the virus right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this year's like QuakeCon this year would have been the 25th anniversary. But they're going to have live streams, tournaments, and more. And it'll be running. It'll be running from August seventh to the ninth. And it's like men, like most of the online events that have been re redone. It'll be QuakeCon at home, much like the Comic Con at home. And there'll be also charity fundraising as, and, quote, a few fun secrets. And more details will be coming soon. So. Yeah, another one decides to go digital. I feel like there's a new story every week about some other con going <laughs> going digital. Uh, speaking of an event that was digital or something that was announced during a digital event, you want to take this one? Yeah, so what was it, Thursday? Or was it... My it week was... has been so messed up. I think it was Thursday. Cyberpunk yeah. was shown off. And if you want to take a look at all the stuff that was shown, please do so. They showed customization. They showed progression. Um, different outlets are talking about their time with it. There is so much out there that 
we could probably spend a good chunk of time talking about that, <laughs> but it would all be secondhand, so go find that elsewhere and get more. Yeah, uh, me and Connor were talking about a rumor, like a rumor casting I mentioned in the chat. Mm-hmm. Like a certain character from Witcher 3, or not Witcher 3, which from the entire Witcher series. And he mentioned that, like he mentioned, he said that he, while it is rumor, they have had like certain like Easter eggs in the Witcher games. So there could be uh, like two characters could be having like a not necessarily looking like the characters, but having the same voice actors. And it's doing a little Easter egg bit. Hmm. So yeah, there's there's also there's also this was what actually got me. There's there's like three different prologues, which I was blown, I was blown away by, considering how different in scale they are, and how they. The Nomad one was not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> it, it, and it kind of looked like what Rage should have been. At least the outskirts area. But it's yeah, it's just insane how crazy that game looks. Like hearing people describe playing it, they had Wildly different stories about how they approached it, and they each played four hours. I think it was, I think it was four hours, and they were all doing different missions and all of this, exploring the world, and that was all within the prologue. I'm like, how big is this game going to be if within the prologue you have at minimum like 12 hours of <laughs> content to mess with? Yeah, like I, I, I saw. Like we said, we weren't going to go in depth on this. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to mention that, like, just two things that really spoke to me. There's a mission where you have to save a monk from getting augmented. Like, you're an actual human. And, like, the. The monk's brother, who's a pacifist, wants you to end like to, to get him back without any bloodshed. So, you what could be done, and this ties into the next or the other thing. You could pour uh, XP or points into fight, like fighting and like knock people out. Like knock out the people who are trying to uh, augment the monk, and then the other thing I watched was a uh, twin, or I don't know what what the context was, but it was like one one brain, or one brain over two bodies. Hmm. So they were twins. 
who sort of had like the same had like it's sort of like dual monitors. The way that works. So weird. <laughs> so like you had the same the same operating system, but two different like two brains all connected to the same the same uh what's the word? Consciousness. Yeah, almost like a weird, like more limited hive mind type thing. Yeah. And it was more like it was like a fight club type thing where <laughs> you had you have a stand there's a stamina meter meter you have to watch out for and recharge like let re- recharge. But yeah, I'm just I cannot wait till the game comes out. So so as much as we want to continue talking about the game, there is one other thing that we <laughs> we were planning on actually talking about, um, and that is they also revealed a ten episode anime called Cyberpunk Edge Runners that isn't set to premiere until twenty twenty two on Netflix. Um, it will be a standalone story set in the world of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and the people working on it have some pretty damn good credentials behind them, such as Neon Genesis Evangeline, um, Kill a Kill, uh, Gurren Lagann. They, this thing could turn out really, really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really an anime guy, but I kind of like the look of it. So, I mean, this is the one thing I would like Javon or <laughs> even Connor to be on here for. They're bigger in anime than I am, but I think they would have a field day going into what makes, you know, Kill a Kill and Neon Genesis and Gurren Lagann, Darling in the Franks. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing half of these right, <laughs> like they could probably speak more on why we should be excited for them working on this based on those other shows that they've been on. Uh, I just, I know it, it, we're very, like we're way past it, but I just shared a image of what, what Brute looks like. Oh, okay. So. Uh, the last story before we head to the vent corner is Last of Us related. Well, Last of Us Part Two related. Naughty Dog has no plans for DLC for the game. So uh, Neil Druckmann, when talking to Kind of Funny, said that. Naughty Dog had no plans for DLC. Which I have yet to finish that game, so I don't know where it leaves off and whether it... Well, I mean, really, the first Last of Us game didn't take place after... You know, Left Behind DLC didn't take place after the first Last of Us game. Yeah, it was more of a explaining a, a certain... Or explaining certain plot details. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I could see him doing it with certain characters in The Last of Us 2, but... Yeah, like, I, I actually deleted Last of Us 2 because it was, like, getting to be too much. I think I'm I think I'm on the tail end of it. Probably within the next two, three hours I'll probably have that game done. Yeah, but I um I I read the synopsis and it seems that there's a choice. Oh. Like there are two endings. Hmm. Again, I I could be wrong about that, and I probably am wrong about that. I mean, I could see where two endings come into place. Yeah, I mean... I'll be curious to see where I get there. The... I I learned the reason, or I saw the reason why the main impetus happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And I noticed, and I and I realized they did not set that up in Last of Us One or Last of Yeah, that, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, I'm not gonna spoil anything. It's just I'm just surprised that at the things I like I read. So, do you think they're going to stick behind that? Because I know Left Behind, well, The Last of Us had that multiplayer in it, which they said is promised for Last of Us Part Two. So I wonder if they'd be interested in doing it after they get their multiplayer out for this game, or do you think they'll just move on to the next project after that? Well, I'd mentioned. To, or I, right after I, like a a day or two after I added the story to the to the doc, I saw a story where Neil Druckmann said that there won't be a Last of Us Part Three. So. The only thing I can see them do, or I can imagine them doing, would be multiplayer. Or just just a new IP. And keep in mind what they always say about trilogies. The third is always the worst. <laughs> not not saying that Uncharted Three is bad; it's really good. I'm I haven't played one, but most people consider one the worst in that, don't they? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I actually mentioned Uncharted One. In the roundtable, we have or the roundtable you suggested we do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let's head to the vent corner. There's three, three tweets. 
So the first is basically what a view, and it's of the uh, about, 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 uh, the mixing boards and a bunch of monitors. The next is one that saying this is going to look like a pretty different scene very soon, like with a lot of emojis, not emojis, a lot of R's. And the last one is just you wait and see with the eye emoji. And a lot of people were were saying, or one of the response, one of the replies was, "Please tell tell us you're gonna air, or you're gonna show us a week of pong before the first show goes in the air." As an homage due to G4. Hmm. And this is supposed to get off the ground in August, right? August 5th is what they're teasing. I mean... I may have to get a new cable box because I literally... Stopped watching TV, or I cut the cord. So, yeah, I cut the cord years ago, and I honestly don't miss it whatsoever. So, are they not showing this like online at all, or no? They they are. They're gonna have, um, they're gonna have YouTube like re- already recorded uh, YouTube personalities. Like YouTube gaming personalities, mm. so I'm kind of hoping that either Giant Bomb, actually no, I don't think Giant Bomb would qualify. Uh, I'm hoping that Funhouse gets in, or Kind of Funny. I actually think Kind of Funny would actually fit more, considering they're a blend of like editorial website and YouTube personality stuff. So. uh, And lastly, the rumor mill. Oh, the breeze. The breeze of the rumors. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I chose the one or the first, the first, this first one. So I, Josh, thank you for put sent like sending sending me to this, or to the rumor, and stuff. Uh, subreddit. Oh, you're welcome. I was like, where can I find rumors on video games? I don't even care how bad they are. If you know, if they're at least. Really, really bad. It'll be good for a laugh. <laughs> so the first one is a possible uh, rumor slash leak for the Mass Factory Master. 
or the Mass Effect Trilogy remaster. So first, uh, how about this? How about I take, I do one, you do two, and I do three. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So for the first one, I'm going to vamp while I put on my glasses. Yeah, so it looks like, um, before we break it down game by game, um, it seems, if the rumor is true, all three games have been ported into the Frostbite engine. Um, multiple game studios with EA are assisting with this. Um, ones listed here are Criterion, uh, EA Gothenburg, Motive, and Dice. Um, all helping in some shape or form. Um, Bioware didn't start full production until after Anthem launched. Um, Casey Hudson is heavily involved. Yeah, I mean, this was this was his. Is this what I'm pretty sure this is what he left? Like this after the, after Mass Effect Three, he left. Yep. So this was and Caden basically looks like Casey Hudson. Yes. <laughs> To an alarming degree. So uh, I'm going to list start off with the list, or start off with the list. Major gra- major graphical and gameplay changes. Gameplay is more in line with Andromeda fluidity, but instead of the original weapon and armor systems in that game, it's more streamlined, like Mass Effect Three. However, this game has all the the least robust gameplay of the three in the remaster, which I, yeah. Yeah. The changing gameplay is, has also altered some of the level design and boss battles. Matriarch Venezia is no longer in the room with the Rachnite Queen. It is instead in a more open environment. Both of Saren's battles have had the environments expanded to offer better options for gameplay. The planet exploration from from 1 has been changed to be more in line with 3. In terms of planet scanning. However, there are still a few planets to land on. There won't be Andromeda sized worlds. Every planet is, is combined to, or is, is about equal to EOS in terms of size and areas to explore. It's still a very linear experience. The galaxy map and exploration is is a Mass Effect 3 version, but with more to explore in the remaster. Cut quests from the original game have been added to the remaster, maybe about two to three hours of gameplay. Siren has more backstory shown through cutscenes, which would I would really want to see. Because yeah. he's just generic bad guy who's anti-human and there is a bit in in the final boss or in the final fight where he's trying to where he kind of does get his sanity back so uh, Shepard's Cabin has been added for Mass Effect 1. 
companions are no longer stashed in the cargo hold or cargo cargo hold. The sacrifice scene has new cutscenes added to show the fates of the squad member from their perspective. You're also able to start romances earlier if you're you're if you're romancing the one who was not left behind. There's an added moment after with that particular love interest. It's one of the one of the few moments that Shepard is vulnerable. Bring down the sky and Pinnacle Station are included, and are no longer DLC. Uh, did you play either of those? I did not. No. Well, no. I think I did. Bring down the sky. Yeah, that was the one on the moon, right? Yeah. Yeah, Pinnacle Station is, however, the least. It's probably, arguably, the worst Mass Effect DLC. <laughs> uh, hub areas are more lively. So on Citadel, there's more NPC interactions, ambient conversations, and the clubs, uh, CSEC. Certain areas of the Presidium are completely redesigned. You give it a fresh look and feel. So, do you want to take it take it away with Mass Effect Two, which sure, I, which I just now realized is shorter is the shortest one. So I could easily, <laughs> I could it, it actually it. looks very similar to what's already been said. I there's a, the second bullet point. I I'm actually going to comment on so. Okay. So yeah, for the Mass Effect 2 portion of this, um, they say magical, magical, oh my god, major graphical and gameplay changes like ME1, gameplay is more in line with Andromeda fluidity, and instead of robust weapon and armor systems in that game, it's more streamlined like Mass Effect 3. Uh, Character models are noticeably improved from the Mass Effect 1 remaster. Graphically, it's still on par with Dragon Age Inquisition overall. Yeah. Okay, so playing it on PC modded like graphically like with like a slight uh graphics overhaul like overhaul mod or reshade and even vanilla version there's still it's still very impressive. And I kind of like I trust Bioware with Frostbite rather than more or other games. Like I take wait, uh, what other games have used like have the Need for Speed games used Frostbite? Uh, I don't know if they do. I'm trying to think of what uses. I know Battlefield does. I feel like there was yeah, another game. Uh, me and Emmett were mentioned. We're talking about how uh, how Frostbite is best is was designed specifically for shooters and only shooters. Yeah, if this I'm looking on Windows report. Showing a list of games built with that engine. 
Um, almost all of them are Battlefield games, uh, Medal of Honor Warfighter, Army of Two, Devil's Cartel, uh, Need for Speed Rivals, uh, Plants for Zombies, Garden Warfare, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, Mirror's Edge, Battlefront. So, okay, so mostly Battlefield or other shooters. Well, Mirror's Edge. Mirror's, Mirror's Edge Catalyst or Mirror's Edge 1? This one just says Mirror's Edge. I don't know how old this article is. This says 2016, so... So it could be Catalyst. But yeah, uh, continue. Okay, next is Plant Scanning is back, but improved and more in line with Mass Effect 3 than the original Mass Effect 2 game. They have added more to the hub worlds instead of giving planets to explore... The Presidium and Wards from Mass Effect 1 have been added with obvious environmental changes from the aftermath of Mass Effect 1. Parts of Omega that was cut from the base game has been added to the remaster. And then all of the DLC from the base game has been added as well. Um, cut quests and content have also been re-added. Um, they have been, this insider has been told that they have made the game more adult, in quotes, as in certain romance scenes and environments are no longer strategically Again, quotes, non-nude. Um, if you romance Caden or Ashley from the first game, there's extra content with those characters later in the epilogue. Um, and then after you complete the arrival, which that was the DLC, right? That was the uh, arrival, like literally, literally the arrival of the Reapers. Okay, that's what I thought. After you complete arrival, which only activates after you beat the main quest, uh, they have added the extra content of Shepard turning him or him him or herself into the Alliance. It's during this epilogue that you can interact with Caden or Ashley briefly. Yeah, because it was the whole turning like after Arrival it's just onto Mass Effect 3 and mm -hmm. you start off in lock or in like when you get car, car marshaled. And that was like right when the Reapers so, show up, right? Yeah. And I just I chose the I chose the I have bad timing because I I just now decided to pick like re replay Mass Effect two and three. Oh yeah, like last year around this time I was I was trying to play through Mass Effect two on PC and I'm actually I was actually doing pretty well on PC. But I just, I'll have anxiety attacks because of the Reaper stuff in Mass Effect 3 when you're trying to uh, navigate the galaxy. Oh, mm-hmm. So, speaking of Mass Effect 3, here are the eight stuff from, from Mass Effect 3. Like the previous two games, this one also includes graphical and gameplay changes. Gameplay is more in line with Andromeda fluidity, but keeps the core Mass Effect 3 inventory system. There's a brief prologue as Emerald Anderson prior to the Reaper invasion, which allows players to see a little bit of Earth prior to, with the destruct to its destruction, which was a big complaint from the original release. Mm -hmm. And it looks similar to the Remaster of 2 graphically. There are some incremental improvements that unless like that 
are hard to tell unless you view them side by side. Planet and war asset system returns, but is easier to manage, and you cannot unlock asset quests until you reach certain points in the game. More has been the hubs have had more added to it. All the DLC from the base game has been added to remaster are considered main quests, so you can't miss them. Some cut content has also been included. About five hours worth. Also, something else says new. If you play as a female shepherd, you can sleep with Arya after the Omega mission as long as you are not currently in a relationship with anyone else. Because apparently Arya doesn't like that. <laughs> like the Mass Effect 2 remaster, they have made the game more adult, as in certain romance scenes slash environments are no longer strategically non-nude. Also, before I move on, do you remember the Jeff Keighley defending the Xbox 360 or Mass Effect in general? I do not know. So, and and it's you're not going to be surprised with the channel that was attacking us or attacking the Xbox. Fox News. <gasps> oh, so, wait, I do remember Fox News going off about remember, that. Do you remember what their, their, uh, pun was that I do not remember <laughs> of the Xbox was it the sex box 360 yeah <laughs> and this is this was like right when I like I I didn't pl- like I didn't and like I didn't play the the scene they were talking about because I just didn't know how to unlock it And like Jeff Keelius, like he's taking them to task. And after, and like he was getting, you can you could tell he was getting like angry <laughs> because like Fox News are like the worst people. So was he brought on to talk about it, like, as an interview, or was this him just, like, off the cuff somewhere else doing it? It was him and someone else. (laughs) And it was something about... um, it It was a female conservative... It actually got to a point where X-Play did an editorial bit for it, where Adam Sessler responded to Fox News. <laughs> and it was, like, around this time I was listening to Three Red Lights, uh, the IGN Xbox podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the, judging by the title, Three Red Lights. <laughs> You can tell it's about the Xbox Six. Yep. And usually, I was like, I would hate their, you know, comment on rumors and speculation. And they pretty much did release a statement like saying that. And I was like, Yeah, get them, Microsoft. (laughs) 
Oh, I'll have to watch that later. Yeah, it's just... It was 12 years ago. Yeah, and even, like, the YouTube description of the video. It's so good. So, uh... Back to the back to the news. Uh, they've also added a bit more to the ending of the game. So any romance interest you have, assuming they're still alive, will be able to have a physical in-person goodbye with Shepard for the final mission. And uh, this one, I am amazed at, in that they did not change the ending. However, some of the cut content is towards the end of the game, so. Where did you stand on the ending? It didn't really bother me too much. Like, I didn't think it was the greatest ending, but I didn't think it deserved the vitriol that everyone was spewing towards it. Oh, man. I I was very much, like, I was really into the indoctrination theory. I think like, I appreciated all the theories that came up from that than the actual ending itself. Yeah, I mean, that's a good ending should or there's no good way to end a like a giant space opera I mean Star Wars there was Yub Yub but you know they tried <laughs> Yeah, I remember getting into, like, I remember, I feel like, a, after I joined VGU in 2013, being on a random uh, gamer cast, I think, with uh, Prime and James, mm-hmm. talking about Mass Effect, like, the Mass Effect ending, and James, I think, I'm not sure if it was James or Josh. They mentioned that I think it was James that he was still angry about it. I <laughs> was either that or he's he's totally fine or he was totally fine with it. So uh If I remember right, did our inside source that we have say that this person may be legit? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't ask our inside man. Okay, I think he had brought this up in the chat, and they mentioned that they know this person, and that it seems pretty reliable. I yeah. could be wrong. I might be thinking of something else, but I'm pretty sure. Assuming that they looked at this post, to know for sure what we were talking about. Yeah, and I also saw something in the kind of funny group. Or the giant bomb group. They're just so like. That. Like this is now being reported on. By many websites. So. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I want to dip back into Mass Effect. It's. One of my favorite video game series of all time. Yeah. Like I I do like the way they're, they, they're handling the DLC. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the way it should be because 
certain like there should be certain points in the story where the DLC should trigger. Like and I I only played Mass Effect 3 once, so I never got to experience Extended Cut, Citadel, Omega. And while I'm probably gonna be able to play that play the whole thing on my Xbox Xbox One. Um I just hope they don't they don't like lock it behind behind exclusivity. Yeah. Well, so. we'll find out because they, according to this rumor, we're also supposed to find out the announcement and release date on in seven day this year. Which, when is that? Is that November 7th? Yep, November 7th. Yeah. Well, hell, at that point, it's going to be next gen, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it could be. Or they could just simply, oh no. Well, I'll buy it regardless. Yeah, if it, I mean, I already own the games on, I own the games on Xbox, Steam, and Origin, and PS3. <laughs> I mean, I, I what won't I buy? I've asked that my th- <laughs> several times, Alan. I don't know what. I don't no, know if there's no. a game you wouldn't buy, or if there's a game you'd only buy once. <laughs> the game I, I honestly, I honestly got wanted to buy earlier today was Voodoo Vince Remaster, <laughs> because I never got to experience that. I've never played it either. I was watching a random dude soup where. Like and they were showing off their remaster and it looked it looked pretty good. Like it's a random platformer where you're a anthropomorphic uh voodoo doll. And according to Phil Spencer, that is his favorite Xbox game. Did he work on that too? I believe so. So there's YouTube some bias channel. there. <laughs> on my YouTube channel, I have a a preview from the GeForce series Blister on Voodoo Vince. Hmm. So, so enough. I I should have caught, I should have opened the show with saying this is our conversational episode. Uh, do you want to take the the last story? Sure. So, yet another week we are going to discuss the Microsoft Lockhart, the rumored and seemingly more plausible, <laughs> impossible second console from Xbox that will be for next gen. Um, so it's been rumored to be the less powerful version that is supposed to be cheaped supposed to be priced really cheaply. Um, and Tom Warren, someone from The Verge, has come out saying that he has lot, or they have leaked specs of what this is. Um, it says that... Oh, where is it here? Okay, so 
The dev kit, codenamed Dante, allows game developers to enable a special Lockhart mode that has a profile of the performance that Microsoft wants to hit with the second console. We understand that includes 7.5 gigabytes of usable RAM, a slightly underclocked CPU speed, which on Twitter he later came back and said it's the same clock speed as the Xbox Series X, um, and around 4 teraflops of GPU performance versus the Xbox Series X and their 13.5 gigabytes of usable RAM and 12 teraflops of GPU performance. Um, So it is underpowered compared to the bigger brother of the Xbox Series X. Um, I don't think it's going to turn out as cheap as many people thought it was going to be. I think a lot of people were thinking it would be 200 at tops and now some are speculating three to 400. Yeah, and the right now it's being set between, or it's setting it's the two options is the two options are 1080p or 1440p. Mm-hmm. Which are used by a lot of PC gaming monitors right now, and honestly. I'll buy it. If it's cheap enough, I will buy it. Like I've said before, but this, depending on how cheap the Lockhart is, will depend on whether or not I get into Xbox next generation. I just don't have the storage (laughs) around my TV to put up multiple consoles. So, I'm a PlayStation. I've, I've been a PlayStation fan since the first PlayStation. They've never let me down on any generation. And Microsoft has multiple generations. <laughs> and so if I get it, it's going to have to be real cheap and preferably real small. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping that for comedy, they would have a at least one one version, like one. A joke, like a prop version, that would be like as big as a mini fridge compared <laughs> to the uh, Series X. The less powerful thing is <laughs> the more bigger. Yeah, it's like the... Um, That'd be great. <laughs> it's like the iPod and the iPod Shuffle. <laughs> so, with that, uh, we're gonna end the eighth episode of Win Weekend News. So, I've been your host, Alamir. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at the Alamir, where I tweet my musings, such as. Actually, I can't think of anything because. Twitter has actually been very depressing lately. Yeah, there's something about the world today where, hell, this year, this year in general, has just been such a depressing... <laughs> like, the whole yeah. joke about being in the worst timeline, like, 2020 seems to very much be the worst timeline. <laughs> yeah, like, I saw... I shared this in the chat. I saw a video of... 
a, a, a black, a black man and his daughter who were in a nice car and people were trying to uh quote Graydon a crackhead <laughs> uh tried tried to swindle him out of the car by saying by get getting people who were near saying it was actually her car but if I'm not gonna it's just at a certain point I started crying. So it's just Yeah. It's just too but, much. <laughs> Josh, you're on Twitter? I am. I I'm I do more retweeting and liking than actually posting anything. Uh but I am on J M I L L E nine nine on Twitter. So, oh, my dog is crying heavily outside my sister's door. So, fireworks getting to it. (laughs) Stay safe. Stay sane. Wear your masks. Goodbye. Do it.